that's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. Is this a personnel issue? Is I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I I think, and again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his can't, part. You can't, you can't, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home. And I get to stay home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish. How are you feeling? A long two weeks for you at the uh, Alamo Dome, uh, but but how are you? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Uh, you know, the grind doesn't stop in May. Uh, what's the Rothstein quote? We sleep in yeah. in, in May. May. What is it? Whatever it is. Um, no, no, I'm feeling good. Uh, it's been it's been a good two weeks of basketball. You know, it'd be one thing if I was watching bad basketball or like you know i was getting bored now it was it was basically the girls tournament had nothing but really good games and then the boys tournament had some blowouts but i mean it ended with incredible games so um especially that 6a game you were what you were there for um you saw um lake highlands beat Beaumont united and and i just kept tweeting uh hashtag real ball (laughs) real ball hours yeah it was, it was, I was real ball hours man yeah it was it was real ball i was in uh the Beaumont. i told you i was in the Beaumont united section yeah kind of by by accident and i just had the old heads all around me just yelling and going crazy like come on wesley come. yeah i was like i was like let's go wesley i was yeah. a huge wesley h fan that game so that was a lot of fun yeah it was uh it was it was cool because we kept we kept texting each other like every time that was because it was there were prospects obviously all over the court but like prospects really showing out on the mm-hmm. court, that's always fun to see. Obviously, Trey Johnson was incredible. He kind of picked his spots and like really had his moment in the second half. He looked he looked like somebody who's as polished as you would expect the best player in the country for next year to be. Uh, Wesley Yates looked like he was really smooth. Uh, Kay Dotson, I tweeted out that if anybody lets Kay Dotson from this leave the state, you know, what do we even have colleges here for? Um, right. So I, I I think he's gonna be a star, and then. Uh, Samson Alaton from Lake Highlands is is absolute like machine on the on the glass. He's just mm-hmm. he had eight blocks. He almost had a triple double with blocks. He's he's going to Yale, so um, I think he picked them over. I think Houston and Texas offered him, um, and he picked he picked to go Ivy League mm-hmm. over them. So it was a it was an incredible incredible showcase. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. That's why we didn't have a podcast last two Fridays, but we're back, and obviously. Yep. Ready to get into it. Ready to get into the tournament time. Um, Now, obviously, with us not doing podcasts on Friday, we do miss, I guess, some of the tournaments. But at the same time, a lot of the tournaments didn't end until Saturday, Sunday anyways. So Right. And it's so weird because, like, the tournament's, like, I mean, it goes right. We can't can't really do a tournament recap because, like, it goes right into Selection Sunday. Then you you just got to do the brackets right there. So it's like, eh, might as well just do the brackets. Yeah, so it kind of works out. So we're gonna go uh, men's NCAA tournament, then women's NCAA tournament, then both the NITs. Touch on them real yep. quick. Um, the women's NIT is sixty-four teams, so we won't hit on all that, but we'll, we'll do our best. You we'll texted me, you were like, "This is disgusting. Why is it sixty-four teams?" <laughs> don't don't get me started. Don't get me started. All right, the <laughs> men's NCAA tournament ish. Um, it's pretty crazy. We yeah. have seven teams in this thing. This is seven why teams. It's, it's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. Not not gonna lie. It's pretty nice having like teams that this many teams that we really paid attention to, like all over the bracket. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, we'll start at one and we'll go down to sixteen. Um, but shout out real quick to Texas Southern and Johnny Jones for doing it again. We'll, we'll talk about somehow. It. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about. It. We'll talk about. It. But I just yeah. Shout out to them. All right, let's start with Houston, though, because we're going to go through yeah. all these teams, their paths to the Final Four, you know, to winning games, their expectations, all that stuff. Yep. Houston is uh, the number two overall seed in the tournament. Um, we, I was concerned maybe they dropped down to the three or the four number one seed uh, with the loss to Memphis. Uh, Memphis, 
I don't want to say they beat them good, but they 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 put it on them a little bit. In the I mean, they're, they're in, put it this way: they're Jamal shed buzzer beater from beating them twice in two weeks. Exactly. Yeah. That, you know, so. well, yeah. Well, we can start talking about our concerns, but the the road. Yeah, yeah. Um. Obviously, we'll, we're not going to worry about the 16 uh, seat game too much. But then you have the winner of Iowa and Auburn, who you know could be a ch- ch- challenging game. I think they're they'll be pretty comfortable favorites in that. And then from there, in the region is um is four seed uh indiana and five seed miami uh so that's who they could play in the sweet 16 um as well as 12 seed drake who i think it w- will beat miami but then in the same region you have two seed texas three seed xavier six seed iowa state seven seed texas a&m and uh a&m has penn state which we'll get to them in a bit as well so we have three texas teams in this region ish um mm-hmm. What what are your thoughts on Houston? We've talked about them all year. We've been yep. waiting for this moment. So take it away. Yep. I mean, we talked, you know, after they lost to, to Memphis, of course, because Marcus Sasser was out with a the groin injury that he suffered in the semifinal. Um, you know, there was some talk of them dropping to to three, but Kansas also had a pretty bad last couple of weeks, obviously losing to Texas in convincing fashion twice. So it wasn't too big of a surprise. Honestly, if I'm Houston, I would have rather have dropped to the number three looking at the, looking at the separate paths because, you know, we can get to this later. But I think Kansas got the easier draw in the West um, comparatively. I think you look at Houston and although I think they're favored to get out of the first weekend very convincingly, Iowa and Auburn still a really, really tough second round draw. Right. Um, I think they play into a style that will go in Houston's favor um as opposed to maybe in indiana who they would get in the sweet 16 who i'm really you know indiana or miami if i'm indiana i think i'm feeling pretty good about potentially playing houston if you, if you can get out of the second the, the first weekend um so yeah I, I it's interesting because i think in my opinion i think the midwest is the toughest region like top to bottom um the toughest region to pick is probably Probably the Purdue's region. I'm forgetting which yeah, one it's that the is. East for me. Yeah, yeah the, the East. Yeah, but that's not necessarily. That's not because I think there's so many good teams. It's just, as opposed to like I don't think there's one dominant team in yeah. that region. The Midwest. I think there's so many good teams that that's really tough for me to pick somebody coming out. Um, and so, sure, they're the number two overall seed, but I think they probably got the worst draw of any of them. Yeah, I, I, it's it's going to be interesting because they're going to be tested immediately. The, obviously, Marcus Sasser injury puts a lot of question marks here I and think. He, he went through one you know i saw a lot of reports he went through warm-ups he was suited out you know so he just didn't play so i wonder if it was like a honestly i don't even think if he if they were that in jeopardy like i think he was just he was just there basically to yeah. like you know be on the bench i don't i don't think he was ever gonna play and so um yeah, some, so, yeah. People said, some people said he could have, you know, if it's a Final Four game, he would have played. Okay, right, right, exactly. This is, yeah, this is an NCAA tournament. He would have probably played. Um, my my thing is that this team to make a Final Four needs him at a hundred percent. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, no, not ninety percent, not eighty percent. Um, I think they can beat Iowa with him maybe at ninety percent, eighty percent. You know, him sure. not scoring double digits. Let's say he puts in eight points against Iowa. I think they could still win that game, even though Iowa is, you know, or Auburn. Uh, both mm-hmm. are intimidating teams. After that, if you get Miami, uh, who I have, I have personally Drake beating Miami, but that'll still whatever. Uh, yeah, good team there. Or Indiana. I just I think you need Marcus Sasser the rest of the tournament. You need him at 100 percent the rest of the tournament. Yeah. That's my concern. But also, it's everything we've talked about throughout the year. It's the inconsistencies on offense. Still, it's the, sure. the defense is really really good, but it doesn't feel they don't feel as dominant or as intimidating as they were the last two years right they there are moments where they fall off of it and it is concerning to me that memphis pushed them back-to-back games like the last two times they played again jamal shed buzzer beater um stopping it from going to overtime and then they lose outright to memphis pretty convincingly here like i think memphis is a very good team i think they're a little underseated um not off resume just how how good i think they are but still that's what they're gonna have to beat teams better than Memphis to make a final I mean, four. I mean, let's put it this way: we had early in the year we had that realization moment where we kind of saw Houston as like the team, right? We were like, "Damn, this team put on a show." I hadn't had that feeling since then. No, 
right? Like, and again, part of it's playing in their conference, right? That's a that's an unfortunate thing they can't help right now. They're being the Big Twelve next year, so obviously, the next year won't be an issue. Um, but I think what, what game was it? Was it? I think it might have been Oregon. I think I liked the like the Oregon that. win on the road. Um, yeah, yeah, but they I'm lost trying to think Alabama we, at home and they beat Virginia on the road. Right, I'm, I'm trying to think like big but, games. Right, right, right. I think, but I th- I'm thinking of like I think it was Oregon when we were like okay, like this team, like th- we were. It was like a really, really yes. like planting the, the 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 flag in the ground moment. Um, and granted, since then again, it hasn't been their fault. They beat Virginia. They beaten UCF, who's who's okay, but and then of course Memphis. We talked about. Uh, beat him once without Kendrick Davis and then once on the buzzer beater. But again, it immediately in the second round, they're going to play probably the best team they've played uh, since January. I mean, besides Memphis, obviously, um, since December, January. Um, December 17th was Virginia. And I I mean, Virginia's a four seed in this tournament. So, right. So I, we'll, we'll see. Um, again, it, it, it isn't a shock to me. It, it's more of a surprise to me that they got the tougher draw as opposed to them being the number two seed on yeah. resume. You know, they've played, they haven't, we talk about, they haven't played many good teams, but they've beaten most of them, right? They only lost to the number one overall seed and then Memphis in the conference championship. So like, okay, cool. Like that's, that's basically doing as much as you can um, to, to earn your seating. So, um, I mean, we can kind of go on to the rest of this region because we got two other teams in yeah. here, but A&M and Texas, like, you know, what those, AM getting Penn State is really interesting. I saw some Aggie fans really upset about their seating. I get it, but I'm also like, that's why you schedule tougher in non-conference. <laughs> Not um, even the thing is, yeah. it's, it's yes, schedule tougher, but just win games. Sure. Yeah, it's good, not, they didn't even. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't win the non-conference games that they did schedule. Yeah, they lost. Like yeah. that. That's the only thing I'm th- saying is that like, yes, cool, schedule tougher games, which they should have because. You know, Boise State and Memphis were their only two games against, you know, capable opponents. But don't lose to Murray State. Don't lose to Wofford. Like, win one of Memphis or Boise or Colorado. Like, if they enter conference play with only two losses instead of five, we're looking at this team very, very differently as opposed to we were entering conference play saying, you know, Buzz Williams is on the damn hot seat. Like, that's what we were saying. That's how bad they were. So, yeah, yeah, you do get dinged for that. I'd have no problem with them being – The only – the the one – the one – thing i'll give them is that kentucky shouldn't have been a six over them right like kentucky kentucky i get that that's more of me concerned being that's more of me criticizing kentucky's seating than saying a&m deserved to be a six let's put it that way i think that they both should not have been probably that high let's put it that way um i think a&m deserves a seven and i don't think kentucky deserves a six that's 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 kind of my point yeah i'm 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 cool with all that and i'm cool with people being mad at a&m or i mean a&m in my opinion deserved a seven but they're obviously better than a seven seed to me. Personally. Sure. Like, sure, 100%, I think they're yeah. better. Like, they've beaten Tennessee multiple times at this point. Or, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, they beat Tennessee once. They um, beat Alabama. Like, we know their resume right now. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think the non-conference is being is warranted holding them back and making them a seven seed. Now, who does that do a disservice to? Is Texas, who is the two seed here? And obviously, and a lot of people are picking Penn State over AM because Penn State made their run in the conference tournament one night. They look pretty good. I've learned over the past two months, every time I expect this Texas AM team to drop off a level or to lose a game, they have proven me wrong and they've won the game. Right. So I'm actually I I'm picking AM over Penn State. I'm pretty comfortable with that. Then the second round you have Texas AM and Texas and whoever, you know, the committee, shout out, tip the cap. I was about to say that. that you just gave us a full day of content, wow. a full podcast of content. We might do our own separate podcast on that damn game. So Texas, Texas A&M in the second round, two seven, um, and man, that's a great game. That's gonna be a phantom. I was talking with somebody in the office, on, in my office, and they were like, "Yeah, so Texas, you know, they got a pretty good run, right?" And I was like, "They could absolutely lose in that second round. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, like I would trust me right now. If you ask me, sure, I pick Texas." come out of that game against a and and like who's going to be the best player on the court it's going to be wade taylor <laughs> like it's going to be wade taylor and so in the tournament especially a lot of it's about having the best player on the court and having that player kind of step up to those moments and again i get i would pick texas but 
I don't think this this ain't no walkover. You know, this ain't no this ain't no easy run for Texas. Like, I think this is a tough second round draw. Um, th- I guess this kind of sounds like a cop out, but it's like how we assessed Houston, where it's like you know we don't know how good they are because they haven't played anybody. Texas has played so many good teams, and they have <laughs> you know they've won, they've lost, they've won, they've lost. You know that's just how it yeah, goes yeah. in the Big Twelve. Um, I want to say that they are obviously battle tested they are one four straight including two wins over kansas texas is a lot of people's favorites come out of this region mm-hmm. right now like the, and I, I completely understand it the metrics line up you know if you line up their offense and defense they're top 20 and both on ken palm like they're a balanced team they have all the talent in the world um all that being said texas a&m has continued to find ways to win games against very good, I mean, against good teams this year in conference, that is. And that's the SEC. Um, Boots Radford and Wade Taylor going up against Marcus Carr and Tyrese Hunter and Serge Barry Rice. The backcourt matchup speaks for itself. It's um, so much fun. Like, I like honestly, we'll talk about it then, but I would be okay doing an instant reaction podcast. <laughs> for sure. For sure. No problem at all. Like we'll see what time the game is, and we'll we'll yeah, work yeah. it then. But that's that's the game that this podcast is about. That's that's what this is like. When Baylor and Houston played in the Final Four two years ago, like that's mm-hmm. what this podcast is about. This Texas versus Texas A M game, if we get it, is exactly yeah. what this podcast is about. And right. uh, I expect it to be. Um, I'm expecting to be pretty high scoring. I mean, it's two just incredibly tough teams. Similar styles. I was about to say similar styles. That's gonna be a, a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah. Um, who do you got winning it? I was gonna say uh, the matchup. No, who do you got? Texas or AM? I got Texas. Um, I got Texas coming out of the region too. Um, because as, as I think I said this before, as up and down as I've been this year on Texas, and you know, we talked about the Rodney Terry thing, we talked about all these other, you know, them being inconsistent, them being not as good on defense. This kind of path and this kind of uh, region makes for a team that's been through kind of the the hell that they've been through in the Big 12. And I think they're going to come out of it. I really do. Um, And if that's the case, I mean, we've been up and down about confirming whether or or not we would see uh, the the full-time title given to Rodney Terry. If they make the Elite Eight, like if they make the regional final here, he's done. He's in. Like I think it's it's a done deal. If they make the final four, like as he's cutting down the nets of the Elite Eight, like he needs to be given the the contract from Chris Del Conte. If he makes the final four, I think I've I think we've both been steadfast on that. If he makes the final four, I think he gets it. My concern a month ago was that they weren't going to make the final four. I didn't think they were going to make the Elite Eight and now they've they've put it together. And I think mm-hmm. Rodney Terry deserves a lot of credit for that. Yep. Um an interesting thing that we don't consider just in a big picture real quick before we move on is that we don't consider some of the upsets that could happen. So like, what if Texas makes it to, you know, beat A&M and then I have them playing Xavier. I have Xavier been really good. They're not like Xavier's a great, a really, really good team. I'm saying like, what if Mississippi state makes it out of there and Texas has to play Mississippi state. Like you get it easier. Like there's throughout the bracket, there are going to be upsets and teams that we're like, Oh, Texas is going to have to play A&M. Xavier and Houston to make a final four. Right. There could be upsets in there. We'll see who Texas sure. ends up having to play um, in that stretch. But yeah, I have Xavier beating Texas in the, um, in the sweet 16, 16, which would make it really interesting for, for um, Ronnie Terry. Um, we didn't talk about Houston. How far do you have Houston going here? What's the region looking like? I have them losing in the sweet 16. Um, I have, to, them, I do have them losing to Indiana. So do I, I. think, the you both both of us do. I, okay. I do too. when you told me that off air i was like i'm gonna save this for on it but yeah i do i do as well yeah so i what's the one weakness of this houston defense is the three-point shot and they're they don't i don't want to say they 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 allow you to take three-point shot but they are most concerned with packing the paint and kind of using their length and the way they offensive rebound and or sorry the way they crash the boards i should say in general it leaves the if you get an offensive board, it leaves kind of the outside open. Indiana's a fantastic three-point shooting team. They shoot 37% right now, and they take a lot of threes. Mike Woodson's done an incredible job there in his first two years. 
I think Trace Jackson Davis is really, really good. He's somebody who can be physical on the inside. He's going to be able to get with with a lot of those Houston. I know the Houston team rebounds a lot, but I think yeah. that Trace Jackson Davis is going to be somebody who can handle that. Jalen Hood Shafino is really good too. So I think matchup wise, that's a bad matchup for Houston. Yeah, I agree. Um, we're talking about Indiana team that swept Purdue in the regular season. Um, I just think Trace Jackson Davis is all sorts of problems. Not saying that Jarris Walker can't do it or Juwan Roberts can't play with them, right. but Trace Jackson Davis, to me, every time I watch Indiana, I'm like, that's a difference maker. And that feels like a bad matchup for Houston. Now, obviously, Marcus Sasser or Marcus Sasser or Tremont Mark can get hot, and I mm-hmm. obviously, they are, to most people, the better team here. My yeah. problem is I've only seen them play against Virginia and Alabama. Those are the only two teams that I've seen them play that are better than Indiana. And I think Indiana is probably better than Virginia. So, yeah. and it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. That's that's a real, real game right there in, in the Sweet 16. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have Indiana advancing as well. So, we both have Houston losing there. Uh, you have Texas making the Final Four. I have them losing in the Sweet 16. I don't know what kind of Texas podcaster I am having – both of them losing in the Sweet 16, but let's continue here. Yeah, all right, we've got through three of them. Who are we missing? Oh, TCU. Yes, the six. Um, right, I'm not missing anybody between that. Well, Baylor. Let's do Baylor first. Oh yes, yes, good one. Yes, do okay. Baylor first. Baylor's a three seed. Um, I've heard some people say um, that UCSB is a pretty good team. They might be a little underseeded, mm-hmm. and they can score the ball. Like some people see that being a shootout quite a bit. Let's just assume Baylor gets by because no, neither of us are going to pr- assume Baylor loses. If sure. they win the game, they have Creighton or NC State. Let's say it's Creighton. Creighton is a pretty scary team to me. And I've been Texas biased in my brackets for the past two years. I have Creighton beating Baylor. You're, you're, you're done. You're done being biased. I, I'm just – I think it's one of those – well, it is one of those things where you're so deep into it, the weeds, that you just see all the flaws. Oh, and sure. I know Creighton has tons of flaws. I'm not saying Creighton does not have flaws. I watched a lot of Creighton basketball. I would love them early in the year, and they've fallen off a little bit. But Creighton still has dudes and that can score with Baylor, that can play with Baylor. They got size that can bother Baylor. I mean, Kalkbrenner on the inside against Flo, um, against Flo Thamba and Jonathan Chamachachua, who are, aren't exactly, you know, Jonathan Chamachachua coming off the injury is what this team needed, but he's still not what Jonathan Chamachachua used to be. To me. Sure. Like defensively, they're still a shell of themselves. They're still yeah, yeah. not good I enough defensively. And if Creighton makes shots, which they could, Baylor turns into an isolation team. Baylor doesn't make shots. Creighton wins that game. That's my concern. Yeah. No, I get that. I, I, I can see that. I have them making the Sweet 16. Um, I don't feel good about that over Creighton. I, like you said, I think Creighton's really good. Um, I think the issue with Creighton is going to be, can they, like, I wouldn't worry if Baylor, let's put it this way. I wouldn't worry if Baylor played like a good defensive team, right? Mm -hmm. I would like if Baylor matched, I would think Baylor would be to me, I would pick this Baylor team over Houston in my opinion, because I don't think that their, their weakness isn't offense. Their weakness isn't scoring. It's going to be teams that can score with them, and I think yeah. this Creighton team is somebody who can, who's, is a team that can score with them because they're not able to stop anybody. That's my thing. If the if the issue for Baylor would be you gotta you gotta find a way to pick and poke and get through this tough defensive team that sets up in the half quarter that presses you or whatever, they could do that, right? I would take that matchup more or less. I can't take them to outscore another team that's also trying to score because we've seen what happens there. They can't slot. They can't get the one or two stops that they need to, to be able to flip the game in their favor and then be able to take advantage of it. So I would be terrified. And then Creighton's also good enough defensively to be able to stop Baylor from scoring on those runs, right? They're the team that would be able to get those one or two stops. And then, so then therefore guys like Ryan Nemhard and Baylor Shireman could, could, you know, light it up on their end. Baylor, continue to drop their 104th in defense now on Ken Palm. Creighton is 15th in defense on Ken Palm. Um, They're literally yeah. Purdue from the past couple of years where it's like incredible offensively and then, oh, they can't stop anyone, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, so I, I just think the Baylor ceiling is very low. Maybe Scott Drew does um, 
it does some magic and gets them to the the second week. But at that point, then they would probably see Arizona, and I just don't think they want any of Arizona. I just don't yeah. think that would be a good matchup. So you have Baylor what losing to Arizona in that in the Sweet Sixteen? Yeah, Baylor losing to Arizona. Um, this Arizona team's been really fun. Um, I think it's funny how uh, um, Courtney Ramey's gone from you know kind of a I don't want to say a bit player, but he's he's now like a really really key contributor on a team that should have a really good shot in the Elite Eight. <laughs> so yeah. um, it's good. I'm really happy to see him uh, doing pretty well over there. Yeah. All right, TCU. Um, they play the winner of the plan between Arizona State and Nevada. Two of the obviously last teams to get into the tournament. I think they should be fine there. This is another team similar to um, – well, I guess they're not similar to Texas A&M, but it, it's a team that feels like they're playing better than their seed. Like mm. there are teams that aren't playing as well as their seed. Um, you know, I would throw in Tennessee probably because of the Zakai Ziegler injury, but like Tennessee's a four seed. Kentucky's a six seed. You know, I don't think they're playing as well as those seeds. Yeah. TCU, A&M, Memphis are all playing better than – Arkansas, I would even throw in there, playing better than their seeds. So TCU's a six seed. Um, obviously, the injuries to my, injury to Mike Miles – Dropped them, dropped a couple losses in during the season, but they're full strength now. Besides Eddie Lampkin, who left the team and entered the transfer portal, that was a whole mess drama. But um, TCU now enters this tournament without Eddie Lampkin, but full strength otherwise. I expect them to get through the 11 seed game. Then they have Gonzaga, and that Gonzaga game to me, and of all the first and second round games, all of them, that is the game I'm looking forward to most this weekend. TCU yeah. Gonzaga. Like that, yeah, that two two teams in the top fifty in pace, two of the best offenses. TCU is, I mean, I think TCU is rolling right now. I don't know who I'm picking in that game. I'm leaning TCU right now in my bracket. I have TCU winning that. I I have T. I think I have TCU in that. Yeah, I do have TCU now. Okay, I just double checked. Um, I'm very interested to see how Gonzaga. Because again, this this will play into like the stereotype of Gonzaga, right? Where it's like, oh, if you're physical with them, that you kind of play a game that you don't want, you know, like they they that they fold, right? Yeah. TCU is a team that obviously loves that style. They can play. They're kind of you know we we've kind of called them like mini Houston in ways uh, this year. And the issue is they they just you know they've been playing without Eddie Lampkin, so I, that's kind of been. My, the thing in the back of my head where it's like he was such a huge part of their run last year and again i know he hasn't been playing for a while so like they've they're there's not like they're gonna i'm not saying they're they're missing him or there's you know something like that but there is like a missing element to this team to that offensive rebounding that he provided yeah. obviously he's entering the transfer portal now um so i that's my biggest concern is i don't know exactly where uh how to how to you know how to take that into account. Cause I think he, if Eddie Lampkin's playing, I think they, there's a chance they really, really can control this game against Gonzaga without him. I'm not totally sure. I, I would still, I still pick them, but I'm not as confident. Yeah. Uh, they're going to rely a lot more on their up-tempo pace. Uh, I have concerns now of who guards drew Timmy mm-hmm. because that is Gonzaga's team this year it is drew Timmy and the others. They don't have Jalen Suggs. They don't have a Chet Holmgren. Like, there is none of that this year. That is Drew Timmy, yeah. first and foremost. Um, Gonzaga's had some mixed results this year in the non-conference. They beat Alabama. They blow, got blown out by Texas. Um, I don't – they're number one in offensive efficiency still. That speaks to Mark Few and Drew Timmy and just how awesome they are on that end. Now, I'm taking – so I'm taking TCU there. That would put TCU against presumably Al, uh, UCLA. UCLA, in my opinion, has the easiest 7-10 matchup in Northwestern and Boise State. So right. TCU versus UCLA. UCLA is without um, – forgive me if the name's wrong. Uh, Jalen Clark? Yes. Clark for the rest of the year, yeah. I knew Clark. I forgot. I knew it started with a J. So Jalen Clark the rest of the year. Um, some people, it's weird. Some people are like out on TCU or UCLA, and some people have them going to the Final Four still. Yeah, and I, I don't. Think, I, think I haven't seen that. enough of UCLA. I've seen some UCLA because Hami Hawkes, Tiger Campbell, all that. I know the. I know right. the team. I haven't seen enough there, so I'll I think it's because of how they disappointed last year. Yeah, you know, people thought, oh, they brought back everybody. They should be making another run at this, and then they kind of 
you know, Johnny Jazang and that team kind of just kind of fell to the side. I think they lost in like the Sweet 16, I think, to North I Carolina. It was the Sweet 16. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that some people are like a little low on them because they kind of really expected them to kind of get back to back. They never really reached the heights of the year before either last year. Um, so I think there are people hesitant without, especially without Johnny Juzang this year. But um, I don't know. They, they did pretty. I mean, they handled more or less handled the Pac-12. Um, obviously, yeah. lost to Arizona in the in the tournament. But as far as the regular season goes, they were they were fine. I don't know. I didn't I didn't see any reason to really like be truly down on them. They still play great defense. Um, you know, their offense still gets the job done. They're not exactly the most fun <laughs> offense yeah, to watch. They're, but, they're coached uh, by Mick Cronin. So. I was about to say, yeah, they, they're coached by they Mick Cronin. So, so the offensive playbook's just kind of like thrown out the window. I just said, yeah, who cares? Um, we're just so going to take all the, all the mid-range shots we want. <laughs> very true. That's how, that's how they uh, almost won, uh, went to a championship game. By it Mick made me so mad, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, I, here's my thinking, because I, I can't speak enough to UCLA. <laughs> Um, TCU, if they beat Gonzaga, they will be playing at an incredibly high level and a level that they've played enough good teams in the Big 12 to where they know that that level can beat UCLA. Mm -hmm. So, I'm that along with the fact that I have not taken enough Texas teams in my bracket, I'm taking TCU over UCLA. Um, are you taking TCU to the Elite Eight? What do you have them? Do you have Gonzaga beating them? I forget. I'm taking them to the Elite Eight. I think okay. I am. I'm riding right. hot. Let's go. Let's right, go. Now, Let's get it done. Who do you have them playing in the Elite Eight? I have them playing Kansas. Um, okay. Obviously, they have not ended the year well, losing to Texas twice in convincing fashion. This all depends on, to me, Kevin McCuller. Um, if he comes back and if, or if he comes back healthy. Like, I was talking that we have a, um, a KU alum, Rob, in the office. And he watches all, all KU. And he, we were talking, and he was like, they're just a different team without Kevin McCullough. Their defense drops, drop, obviously drops off, but they're not as deep. And he said the one thing that they've noticed in conference is that Grady Dick can be taken out of a game, mm-hmm. like just completely taken out of a game. And yeah. that just basically relies on Jalen Wilson to do so much. Um, so with that being, I do have them coming out of this region. But with that being said, like, if Arkansas gets their act together, could you see them losing to them? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Illinois, if Illinois beats Arkansas, sure. UConn, yeah, sure. Like, there are three – their entire path here, I could absolutely see them, especially if they played like they've played the past couple weeks. Um, I could see them losing. I have UConn over Kansas in the Sweet mm. 16, and then I have UConn over TCU in the Elite Eight. Um, UConn's playing really good. That's an interesting. It's an interesting matchup if that is the case. Um, so we'll see. I, I will say if UConn and TCU do play, which so much would have to go right at that point. I know we're, we're speaking hypothetically. Um, yeah. Adama Sanogo in the middle when TCU doesn't have Eddie Lampkin mm. is a pretty frightening preposition there. So That's a problem. Yeah. All right. Um, that's all of those. We have the 16 seeds now, right? Those are the only two left. Yeah. Yep. A&M Corpus Christi and Texas Southern. Both 16 seeds in the play-in. And I wish they played each other again because I guess the committee said, no, we can't have them playing again for a second year. I don't know why not. <laughs> Whatever. Um, At least guarantee me... one of these teams will win, please. <laughs> yeah, well, we need – we need maybe both of them win. I think both of them are favored. Um, let me pull up the um, the plans. Uh, Southeast Missouri against Texas A&M Corpus Christi in the, in the, as the very first game of the entire tournament. Um, and then tomorrow is uh, – Farley Dickinson and Texas Southern. Texas Southern's a two-point favorite, I think, and AM Corpus Christi is around a four-point favorite. There's a chance we could get both of them wins here. And I can't speak to Farley Dickinson or Southeast Missouri, but I can speak on Texas and uh AM Corpus Christi will want the smoke and we'll be ready for that. Texas Southern, yes. I said we'd hold off on them. Well, okay, AM Corpus Corpus Christi, real quick. Because sure. I watched the championship game against Northwestern State. I did too. That was a Super fun game. Awesome game, man. Northwestern State, the, the two best teams in the conference going back and forth the whole time. Awesome mm-hmm. to see. Um, and of Corpus Christi ends up pulling it out. So great win from them. Um, I don't have too much else to say, but a great season frame of Corpus Christi. Everything we thought about Corpus Christi was once again validated. Shout out to Coach Lutz. Yep. Texas Southern. <sighs> Texas Southern has done it. 
I joked on the last podcast. I, said, watch them <laughs> I was about to say it was a running joke on the show. <laughs> I said, watch them beat Alcorn State. And not only did they beat Alcorn State, uh, they beat the one seed, then the four seed, and then played Grambling State, the two seed, in the championship game and just completely controlled it. Had no problems. Won all three games. Are now in the tournament for the third straight year. Um <laughs> And I'm sorry, I said four seven and eleven like five seeds. Yeah, we're seven and eleven in conference. Seven and eleven in conference. We, I said it last podcast. Go run, run the footage back. All right, we have timestamps on the bottom of the video. You can go search right to where I was. I was talking about Texas Southern. Texas Southern was outside of the top three hundred in Ken Palm. They are now two eighty five. They were outside of the top two hundred in offense and defense. They are now one ninety sixth in defense. Johnny Jones has flipped a switch. Defensively, they have figured Mr. something out. Mr. March, baby. Mr. March. PJ Henry's still hooping. Um, John Walker, they, they still got the same team as last year. Um, Devon Barnes, 13 points in the championship game. Like Four, 14 and 20 overall. <laughs> 14 and 20. Tournament. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's nothing awesome. else matters. Nothing else matters to, to this team and this program other than making the tournament. And they have now done it three straight years. Despite every year getting worse and somehow seeming more improbable, they've done it. If you're, um, if, how mad are you if you're Grambling or Alcorn State? Like you beat this team by double digits. Every, or no, sorry, they beat Alcorn. They lost. They beat the Alcorn beat them in overtime one game. But every other time, I'm pretty sure it's been double digits in the regular season. And then they like, yeah, Grambling beat them by 21 and then 13 in the regular yeah. season, and they lose by four in the final. It just doesn't it doesn't matter. Now, oh, the good oh. thing for Texas Southern, yeah. and I don't know why they were set up this way, Texas Southern is playing the only team in the tournament ranked lower than them in Ken Palm. Farley Dickinson is 312th. Yes. I love whoever set the tournament up because they knew we got to get Texas Southern a win and Johnny Jones a win. And so we have Farley Dickinson at 312th in the country, 361st in defense, Farley Let's Dickinson. Go. Texas Southern is a two-point favorite in this game. It's 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 a battle of wills. Texas Southern 330th in offense. Farley Dixon 361st in defense. You tell me. I don't know. Amazing. I don't know what's gonna happen. Incredible. Texas Southern's gonna win. That's what's gonna happen. So yeah. Texas Southern AM Corpus Christi. Um, I don't have anything By on Southeast way, Missouri. I Southern think, Missouri. I don't know if this is true. Let me let me let me scale this correctly. <laughs> I feel like we're trying Farley to Farley Dickinson this. may have Oh, they are third. They are the, they have the third worst defense in the country. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh Southeast Missouri State is 257th in Ken Palm. Um, we've talked about this AM Corpus Christi team. Um, they are 170th in Ken Palm. So awesome, you know. Which by the way, uh, I guess we have some we can catch up on some coaching news now too. Oh yes. Um Looks like they'll hold on to Steve Lutz because UTA made some uh, made a hire. KT Turner coming over uh, reportedly. They haven't made it official yet, but uh, reportedly coming over from Kentucky, formerly under Todd Jankovic, Larry Brown, and Shaka Smart at Texas. Um, of course, SMU with those previous two coaches, and then UTSA announced <laughs> that they're bringing back Steve Henson. Yep. Which, if you read the 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 statement from Lisa Campos, the athletic director. More or less reads, hey, you know that extension we gave Jeff Trailer? <laughs> well, that means we ain't got no money left to fire Stevenson. <laughs> they said we don't give a damn about basketball, right? You see what we're doing over here at the Alamo Dome? We got 40,000 people here, all right? We just got a damn indoor facility, and y'all trying to get us to fire Stevenson? <laughs> we ain't got With no one year left on his deal? Just just let him finish. Let, let him go. Vibe. We're going to vibe out yeah, in our first year in the AC. It's yeah. fine. Houston's not going to be there. We're not going to get our butts kicked that bad. We'll just probably win 10 games, and then we can hire Steve Lutz or whoever after that. So, yeah. That's uh, oh that was some hilarious news that dropped that they had to they had to release a statement that he's coming back. <laughs> That's usually a great sign when you have to yeah. release a statement that you're not firing your head coach. That means things are in a great situation. And all the statements were like, "There we are intent on winning more games." It's like, all right, you say I, so. Cool. I was about to say, I, I do want to. Let me see if I could. I need to bring up this this statement because it is great. It is genuinely really good. Uh. 
Let me see. Lisa Campos. Coach recognizes that we have high expectations at UTSA for all of our athletic teams and that this year's men's basketball team does not meet those expectations. He is committed to substantive, substantive improvement, has already begun a complete evaluation of the program, and will make changes necessary to enable success next season. After uh, that was the second part. The first part was after careful evaluation of our men's basketball program, including candid and open discussions with Coach Henson's on Coach Henson on the team's performance and his leadership, he will remain as head coach for the 2023-2024 season. I just love that. After careful evaluation, like we looked at this team, we saw 10 and 22, and we said, you know what? We're gonna give you another. We looked at the bank account. That's what we did. That was the careful evaluation of our men's program, aka the bank account. <laughs> And said, damn, we owe this dude how much? Yeah, nah, he's staying. <laughs> he stays. He stays. All right. Um oh, before, sorry, we move on, before we move on to the women, um, your final four picks and championship picks. All right. I'm on record right now. All right. My final four picks are gonna be Alabama coming out of the South. I think they do have the most favorable, one of the more favorable draws. I have Marquette coming out of the East. We mentioned how it's kind of an up and down region, so I, yeah. I'm going Marquette. I had I picked like four different teams and I had to erase them all. So, um, out of the Midwest, I mentioned I have Texas coming out, and then out of the West, I have Kansas. All right. So, yeah. I also have Alabama, Marquette. Those two, I had Kansas State briefly. I I also had Kansas State. Oh, I had Kansas State briefly, but that Kansas State, Mark, Mar- I don't know, Mark, I just. They've, they've a lot of been, times they've been up this they've ended the year really weak. They did not close the year yeah. strong. Meanwhile, Marquette won the big a big East regular season and the conference, and they're just cooking with shock over there. So I got Alabama Marquette on the on that side. And then I went all the way crazy. Um I have Indiana and Yukon on the other side. Oh, let's go. Okay. Two four seeds. The blue bloods on the on the other side. Two four seeds over here. Um I don't know the the, the Midwest re- region for me is incredibly difficult to pick because yeah. I if you Houston Indiana Xavier Texas all, all four of those I could see coming out sure so no, I get it um, this would be like if I had to bank honestly this would not it would not be a surprise if this year if let's put it this way if you erase my memory of the last like four years including this year and you asked me to pick which which year would be the year that no number one makes it. I would bank more on this year. Like I think Alabama has the better has the better. Alabama's path. the only one that's a lock. It seems exactly. Alabama's the only one where I really feel confident. Yeah. I would not be surprised if. But again, that's that's one one upset from you know from not being yeah. true either. So yeah, this year and my tournament my championship is Alabama over Kansas. Okay. Yeah, I have UConn over Alabama in the championship. Okay. We're gonna just go for it. I couldn't bring myself to pick Alabama as much as I think they're. The I best know, right? It just feels weird. Like this is still the team that got destroyed by Oklahoma at one yeah. point this year. Didn't do it. I've watched a, a ton of Alabama games, a ton of them. I'm taking UConn. Makes no sense, but we're doing it. Um, all right, let's jump to the. Do we do a women's or do we do the men's NIT first? Let's do the women's tournament, and then we'll do both NITs because we don't have, you know, there's only two teams in the women's (laughs) bracket. (laughs) It's been a bad year. We wanted it, man. We wanted more than two. That was our whole goal coming into the tournament season was like, all right, A&M Corpus Christi, uh, Rice or UTEP, you know, um, who was the other? There was a third. Texas State, SFA. Nope. Where did SFA lose in their tournament? Who came – out of the, uh, I don't even think we. Uh, we uh, uh, James Madison. Texas no, James State. Madison. Oh no, I'm sorry, SFA. Who came out of the WAC? Oh, SFA. Um, oh geez, who did? Let me see. Uh, was Southern Utah? Let me see. Sounds I right. Maybe Utah. That Let's see. That's a good question because I did not. They lost to Cal Baptist. Cal Baptist. Um, so I think Cal Baptist. I, Cal Baptist I think that was the board. tournament. I think that was the championship game, Southern Utah versus Cal Baptist. Okay. As I pull it up now. Yeah, go ahead. Pull it up so that way we know what we're, we know what we're talking about. Oh, my God. The WAC website does, has not updated their bracket to who the winner was. <laughs> That's great. That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm scanning. I'm scanning. Regardless, we don't get yeah. SFA in the tournament. It doesn't. It was Southern Utah. All right, so there's Southern Utah wins. So all four teams that we had hoped 
could make it, possibly end up losing. We'll talk about the NIT in a second. They're all in the NIT. Everybody's in the NIT. Um, so we only have Texas and Baylor. Texas is a four seed. Baylor's a seven seed. Texas plays East Carolina in the first round. Baylor plays Alabama in the second round. I've seen Alabama. I don't think Alabama's very good. I also don't know how good Baylor is at this point, but I picked Baylor over Alabama. The problem is Baylor will play UConn in the second round. I don't care if AZ Fudd is playing or not. UConn is still terrifying, and um, Baylor will not be UConn. There's the hot take for the day. Write it down. It does not. It's not apt. Uh, Baylor, <laughs> as, as fun as Baylor has been at times this year, he ain't. Nah, he ain't, he ain't getting done. Look, but if you told me coming into the year you don't have Asia Blackwell and Adriano Edwards and you make it to the round of 32, I'm happy. Sure, I'm sure. happy. So just win, beat Alabama. That's my only. That's my only request. Beat Alabama because Alabama can be kind of streaky at times. I've watched LSU beat them by 40. I've watched Alabama beat you know other teams that they shouldn't beat. So they're kind of streaky. Just beat Alabama. Uh, that's my only request. Texas, ECU, I don't know enough about ECU. Um, obviously, they broke our hearts with Houston. That's another team, Houston women's basketball. Shout out to Houston women, man. Made mm-hmm. a run at the championship game. Uh, end up losing at the end to ECU. Um, UTSA just, women making it to the semis, too. UTSA women made the semis um, after beating Rice, nonetheless. Yeah, why isn't UTSA in the women's NIT? Hmm? Uh, Expand the yet. field. Expand the field. <laughs> Keep going. Keep Expand the field. 96. We need 96. 96. We need 96. Um, so, yeah, I figured you were asking that generously, and I was like, I mean, they won, they won, they did win like 11 games. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, Expand the field. And you're like, oh, that's what we're doing. Okay. Never know. Uh, Texas, Louisville in the second round, potentially. Louisville's pretty scary freaking team to be playing mm-hmm. in the second round, in my opinion. Um, the thing, the problem is for Texas, what, what would constitute as a successful tournament in this, for Texas in this, you know, bracket, and this if they field, do make it past Louisville, they have the winner of Stanford Ole Miss personally, my bracket, I have Ole Miss winning that just cause I like chaos. Yeah. Uh, Stanford presumably will win that game. So you get Stanford in the round three, who I think is the weakest, uh, to have Virginia Tech in there as well. So yeah, of the one seeds, they're not Indiana or South Carolina. So you do yeah. at least have a hope to win that game. What do you need to see from Texas in this tournament? I think I got to see a sweet 16. Um, I think because this team is still so much revolving around one player um, for how they do kind of on both ends of the floor. Mm-hmm. Um and this is also a pretty tough that's a that's a tough path, right? Louisville and then either Ole Miss or Stanford. You know, obviously Stanford's a favorite, but yeah, I would probably so I can't say like, oh, they gotta make the elite it or whatever. Like I this feels like an in-between year for Tech. Maybe what we thought was gonna be like this huge step for Texas, I think is more of an in-between year between the rebuild and the year that I think next year is a big year for them. Um, but yeah, I think anything less than the second weekend, I think will probably be a disappointment. Now, um, I haven't got word on this. I don't know if you have Twitter open, if you can Google this, but Sonia mm-hmm. Morris, is she done for the year at this point? Because she, uh, I feel like she hasn't played in a long time. And so without her specifically, you're looking at Rory Harmon and then Shaylee Gonzalez. Yeah, she did not make that, the trip for the tournament, so okay, I wouldn't So she's done. For more or less, I would so, say. You're talking about no Sonia Morris. Obviously, Kendall Hunter's been out the entire year. Like, they don't have the shooting. Vic Safer said she's optimistic about uh, Sonia Morris for the tournament, but again, that's how much how healthy will she be? That's the question. So they they need her. Like that's that's yeah, the yeah, whole no, 100% that's, I agree. This I whole agree. season was revolving around Roy Harmon, then you have Shelly Gonzalez and Sonia Morris, and then you brought in the transfer forwards to replace Audrey Warren and um um was it Liam Moore like yeah. in the front court? Like you, you replace those players with transfers and but you have the guards that can do it. And Roy Harmon, we've seen time and time again, it's like just she just needs scoring around her a little. She's like Chris Paul to a degree. Right. Like that's that's who we've consistently compared her to. Like you can't ask her to go out here and drop thirty a game. Could she drop twenty points in a game? Sure. sure. But like that's not who she wants to be, or that's not the player she is. So without yeah. Sonia Morris, I just don't think the ceiling is high enough. They, I, I hope they get by Louisville. That's my hope. Yeah. But I can't predict it at this point. I I have them beating Louisville in my bracket, but I have them losing. Or no, that's not true. Because since I have Ole Miss beating Stanford. 
I have Texas making it to the Elite Eight. So there you okay, go. Okay. There's some okay. Texas homerism for you. Yeah. That's not bad. I have Stanford over. I have Texas beating or I have Texas, Stanford beating Texas. Yeah. Um, That's the most. I do think they team. remember. I do think Stanford really holds that big win last year that Texas had over them. I do still think that like this, this, the senior team is like really itching to get back Stanford. Uh, Cause this is like Haley Jones yeah. and, and Cameron Brink's last run. So yeah. I think they're willing, they're ready to kick some ass. <laughs> I'm yeah. being honest. No, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Stanford went very, very, very far. Like, made the whole thing i just like chaos and i think Ole miss is a pretty good eight seed there so i can see it we'll see um so yeah i have texas in the elite eight um ish has them in the sweet 16 because he i don't know why he's it's a texas podcast ish you're allowed to pick texas teams <laughs> all right man all right mr. mr scrooge over here for the men <laughs> more chances you have, you have seven chances on the men's side <laughs> think about how fun houston versus texas elite eight would be though yeah, I should have picked that just for the content. Man, that would be great. That'd be pretty. But great. again, I'm too far into the weeds. I'm too scared of them. <laughs> too scared. Right now, I can't do it. Okay. Um, the men's NIT. We only have two teams here, and they could play each other in the second round. Yep. North Texas and Sam Houston State. North Texas was a three, but it's now a two because Sam Houston State has scheduling conflicts to where they that is hold- hilarious. They couldn't host the first or second round, so they are going to Santa Clara despite being the seeded team. And Ish, did you see why they are not hosting? Because they cannot find somewhere to put their volleyball camp. The volleyball that is camp. amazing. The volleyball camp. I tweeted out, if I'm Jason Hooten, I'm going to the parking lot, I'm finding two posts, and I'm tying a net. And I'm saying, y'all hit the damn pavement. <laughs> We're in the tournament. Are you kidding me? <laughs> We're in the NIT. Y'all start digging for balls on the ground on the outside in the parking lot. Get I've out of my to, gym right now. <laughs> I've been to Sam Houston State. I've played basketball at the rec at Sam Houston State. You can run a volleyball camp there. You can run. I've been there. I've hooped there. Right. <laughs> play. Oh, you could have a volleyball camp there. Like, that makes no sense. Like, the b- basketball team can throw them some money or something. I don't know. Bribe them. Right. Change. I was about to say, do something, please. It's across the street. You're 25. It's across the street. They're 25 and 7. <laughs> they should be hosting an NIT game. It's across the street. The, the rec center's across the street. Just put the damn thing over there and go play tournament. Instead, they're having to go play Santa Clara. Like, from a financial standpoint, from a financial standpoint, it is insane that you're having to fly to California. Instead, because of a freaking volleyball tournament. Now, maybe there's something we don't know, but it, I, I don't think there's anything rational that is could have happened for them not to be hosting this tournament, this game. Yeah. And if it is the reason, I don't know this to be the fact. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Because when the bracket came out, Sam Houston was the two, North Texas was the three. So Sam Houston could have hosted the so first it looks two. Yeah. So I'm looking but then at they flipped it. I'm looking they flipped at it. So North Texas is the two now. Yeah. I'm but nothing changed about the matchups. The item. The item in Huntsville has a little bit more on it. So let's see. Um, it looks like another reason is that the reason why they're not, I think I think you're right. They could have probably had the infrastructure just to move them things around. But I think also, which is, I hate this excuse. They are saying that they don't, students are on spring break. And so they don't think it would have been a good environment to host is what it's looking like. Yeah, we rely. Let's see. This is from. Let me see. This is Hooten. I can't tell if this is a. Oh, athletic athletic director Bobby Williams. Uh, we rely heavily on students for our game day staffing, ticketing, ushers, all this stuff. Uh, ESPN Plus. Not to mention our students' band cheer make up a huge part of what makes Johnson Coliseum a home court advantage. With school being on spring break this week, we would not be able to meet the standards required to host an opening round game or create an atmosphere worthy of the NIT. After my discussions with the selection committee last night, as and as well as head coach Jason Hooten, we have a plan in place to host second or third round games if given the opportunity. So that's the excuse that they're, I think, publicly saying. Um, you know, I don't know if the volleyball plays into that or not, but that is, I don't know, man. Like, if you tell the students that you're that are working your games, hey, we're hosting an NIT tournament. I'm not saying all of them cancel their plans. But I'm saying you could probably get something to work. 
right? You could probably get something. Okay, to work. okay. Even if you couldn't find students, go to the local senior home. Yeah. And find seven year olds that aren't doing anything to just hand out tickets, just scan tickets. Like it cannot be that difficult here. There, there has to be a solution somewhere to to. Uh, I don't know. All right. And well, also, pipe like, in here's sound. The, here's, if you're worried here's... about the damn crowd noise, pipe in sound for all I care. I don't care. Break the rules. Do something. <laughs> Cheat. Yeah, I don't care. Um, Cheat. <laughs> no, but here's the other thing: is like Huntsville's not like it's not El Paso. Right, like if if I went to Sam Houston and I was like, oh, we're hosting an NIT game. I I lived in Austin. Yeah, I'll drive two hours for the day to go to an NIT game. Like they act. I don't know. I, I get that they're not on campus, but like, I would. Are you that like cynical about your fan base that they wouldn't come into town for an NIT game? Also, I mean, what I don't know. You're assuming like yes, I know a lot of students leave, but a lot of a lot of students stay. I was about to say, like, not everybody goes on vacation no. for spring break. You act like he has, he's acting like eighty percent of students are gone. I I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that high at all. I don't people think it's that jobs, either. Like, especially especially the people that go to like the people that are going on vacation probably weren't going to Sam Houston games anyway. I agree. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Anyways, Instead, they're going to Santa Clara. So <laughs> yeah, they're going to Santa Clara. So that now they're playing Santa Clara on the on the road, and Santa Clara is not a freaking pushover team. I think I saw. Let me let me double check. My Santa Clara stats. Yeah, they're 82nd in Ken Palm, top 100 in offense and defense. Um, they've beaten Iona this year. They've beaten Boise State. They've beaten BYU twice. Um, they did lose to San Francisco in the first round of the tournament in double overtime. Mm-hmm. This is not an easy game at all. Now, do I think these teams are very, very on, very much on the same level? Yes. But now you're not playing this game at home. And I don't know if if you see um, or if uh, Santa Clara maybe they don't have their spring break yet or something. I don't know. Maybe they have fans <laughs> that changes things. Um, Sam Houston State we thought could have maybe should have won the the whack. They end up losing to Grand Canyon, and I'm looking at Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon is not better than Santa Clara. Like yeah. the, it's going to be a very interesting first round game. I don't know who I'm picking in that game, but. Um, that's an interesting first round game, especially since yep. it's not in Huntsville. Now, the other team in this is North Texas, who had a disappointing loss to UAB in the Conference USA semifinals. Jelly um, Walker decided he wanted to go Jelly Walker again. Yeah, yeah, Jelly Walker did it. Um, North Texas got up to to a they trailed twenty to two. I believe it was, it was. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, it was similar to Houston and North Texas lost like in the same way. Like one player caught fire for like the first half, and they tried. They spent the whole game trying to chip away. Yeah, and so um, that was this point for North Texas. Yeah, but they still get a two seed in the NIT tournament, which is fair, obviously, for a team that's top forty in the net and top whatever fifty in Ken Palm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Alcorn State in the first round. Who I've said it. We do. A North, I do a North Texas podcast. Oh, we do it for Dave Campbell's now. Yeah. Uh, the Green Room podcast. Check it out. Um, we talked in depth about just the matchup and everything. Alcorn State. It ranks, I think, like 200-something in Ken Palm. Like, it's the easiest first-round game that they could have gotten, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So, North Texas is 17-point favorites in that game. I uh, expect them to take care of business. So, we could set up for North Texas, Sam Houston, if Sam Houston takes care of business. However, with whatever happened with the seeding, North Texas is the two-seed, so North Texas would host Sam Houston State in the second round if that happens. Yep. So, um, I will say, I, would, I like this, this This bracket's pretty good for North Texas. Right? I, I I was going to say, we, we talked about it again on the Green Room Podcast. Check that out. Yeah. Um, of all the other seeds that they could have been paired up with, Sam Houston is pretty favorable. I'm not saying Sam Houston's not good. We've talked about Sam yeah. Houston. We love Sam Houston. But, like, they could have played Vanderbilt. Like, you could have played Michigan. You could have played Liberty, Florida, like, Cincinnati even. New Mexico, like all these Rutgers, teams. Rutgers was playing hot in the in the Big Ten tournament. Rutgers, like these are all very intimidating teams. Like you get Alcorn State, one of the two worst teams in this t- entire tournament in the first round. And then you get Sam Houston, who is a good team, but I think North Texas actually matches up really well with them. Defensively, they're no problem. Like that's a game that's going to be played in the 40s. It's going to be the first to 45 wins. And I think North Texas could could hit a couple shots and, and get the win there. So yeah. um, I think North for North Texas, this is a big tournament. You have to win those first two games and then potentially play Oklahoma State in the um, uh, quarters. So 
All right. Um, the women's in IT, there's so much. There's too much for us to go through and actually talk about it because I don't know what I'm looking at. Um, <laughs> they decided just everybody who didn't make the tournament is just going to be in the NIT. Except for UTSA for some reason. Oh, Houston. Is Houston not in this? Houston oh. is not in this, yeah. Oh. Fraudulent tournament. <laughs> Fraudulent tournament. What Houston better have declined the invitation. I don't think they, no they, they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have. <laughs> they, I, know, they they should have. I don't they should know if they, they have that kind of pride. To, yeah. Nah, they yeah. shouldn't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, Houston and UTSA should play a seven-game series. That's what I would they should have. I would be – look, we might have to do – if they did that, I would I would do a live show. Like, oh, I, <laughs> I would be courtside for that. Courtside. Um, but, yeah, I guess the, those two teams aren't in it, two of our favorite teams, but whatever. Um, Rice plays BYU. Uh, these are just first-round games. AM mm-hmm. plays at Wyoming for some reason. All these other games are regional. AM Corpus Christi has to go to Wyoming to play. Yeah, that's a weird one. Um, so they kind of got screwed there. Then you have like a whole East region that we have no teams in. Then you go down here, SFA versus Texas State. That's Oof. a pretty Oof. spicy matchup there. If, what, that, if that wasn't in Nacogdoches, if I was in San Marcos, I'd be going to that legitimately. Yeah. Yeah. SFA of Texas State. Um, pick a winner here. Who we got? I think SFA, um, I just think their offense is really, really efficient, and that's where Texas State's kind of struggled yeah. at times this year. Obviously, that's what kind of bit them in the championship game against James Madison is a team that can get any shot it wants. So yeah. I'll go ahead. And then we have Texas Tech and UTEP playing Bad down for here. West Texas. Yeah, I said, like I said, um, a lot of these are done regionally as far yeah. as like they put the two teams close to each other, and I have no problem with that. When you have 64 teams and an NIT you're not ranking them. You're just saying, what does it make sense travel-wise? Let's do it. Texas Tech, UTEP. Um, the loser of this game. <laughs> the loser of this game. I mean, could you go out on a worse note here? Not competing and not winning your conference, obviously. Not really coming close to winning your conference. Yeah. Um, I think a pretty disappointing year for both teams. And now they play each other. Uh, loser, to me, will be um, exiled for a bit. <laughs> We'll ditch them on the podcast for a little bit. In the doghouse. <laughs> Just won't even talk about them. Yeah. And then SMU and Little Rock play. Uh, I don't know enough about our, uh, Little Rock, but. Yeah, it was kind of a down year for them. Yeah, SMU is hosting it. So we could have SMU against the winner of Tech and UTEP in the second round. So keep it going. I appreciate this for... side of the bracket. Yeah, I appreciate the, the bracket breaking this way for us. That's that's, that's nice. You know, potentially yeah, I mean, hey, SMU good. versus that's Tech good. or UTEP and then uh, – Sam and SFA or SFA and Texas State in the first round. That's I like that part. Yeah, all they needed to re- was replace Arkansas and La Tech with UTSA and Houston. Oh, would love and that. This would have been the perfect bracket. Yes, the perfect bracket. And then just somehow slide North Texas in for Little Rock, and there's the Zone Star State Invitational Boom. right there. Like if I could pick it, that's the that's the invitation. <laughs> that's that's the per- that's perfect right there. Disgusting. And then bring Corpus in from from Wyoming. Don't don't make yeah yeah yeah. Out. Actually, I'm sorry. Don't put don't put North Texas in here. Put Corpus Christi in. Uh, yeah. For Little Rock, so we have SMU. North Texas can go to Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> North Texas goes for Wyoming. Jalen Mitchell coaching for a job in Wyoming is crazy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Damn, just imagine telling her that. Hey, by the way, you need to win the NIT. By the way, your first round games in the in, in Wyoming. Not only thing is, it's not even like winning the NIT on the men's side. You have to win out of sixty four teams on the women's <laughs> I was side. About to say, it's like actually like a stupid. Draw. It's a whole different season. You're playing. You're not playing like for two weeks and you're done. You're playing for like literally oh. the NIT is. I guess it's not that much different, but it's a, a week shorter than the NCAA tournament, which makes sense because it's around. But that's play. still that's a lot of games for. Because it's like it goes, yeah, it goes from March fifteenth to what, March twenty. You're talking about the women's or the men's? The women's. No way it goes that short. It has to be longer than that. March fifteenth to April first. Oh boy. You're just, bro. This is a conference tournament run. They should just have all. They should just hosted this in like one spot and played them like seven straight days. Right. So yeah, let's see. Fifteenth. So let's say game start on the fifteenth. And then second round starts on the 18th. Bro, what? What is this? <laughs> like, they're just like, 18 through 21, 22nd through 24, 25th through 27th. Yeah. This is a gauntlet. This is a gauntlet. I want to know what the winning the prize is to winning of winning it. There better like, be is there, like is there a cash prize? Ass trophy. <laughs> yeah, is it just a trophy? 
I, I want just a bag of money on the sideline <laughs> of the championship game. Just like a sack of cash. Literally get like the thing is it's not even sponsored by anybody. I don't see. So I think it's just uh yeah, I think it's just the NIT. Yeah, no uh, Oh, tr- uh, triple crown. I don't know what triple crown is. It used to be a bar. Could say Star State ish. Don't start say WNIT. Come on, talk to some people in the office here. We need to we need to sponsor only right. group only group three of of the NIT yeah. region, right? That's the, the region, region we're we're sponsoring. I would be down. And for only that. the the bottom half. The bottom half of group three. Is <laughs> right, right, right. That's it. The sub region, the, the Zone Star State sub region. Exactly, exactly. So tell them we'll host it. We don't have to worry about anything. Just uh, rent a gym, and we'll host it. Oh, I got we'll a gym right that, here. Uh, I was, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, we, got, we got three courts, man. Hey. There we go. My, my AU team is humming. Cruising. Okay. Um, that's all we have. Oh, who um oh you have to fill out your women's bracket still. You gotta see. Well, I, I I have my I think I have my final four at least. Is it all one seeds? No, it's I have Iowa as well. Okay. The rest then the rest are one seeds, but but I don't I know anything I, about Virginia Tech. Just just not to get off topic, but I don't know. Yeah, no, I, that's yeah. I haven't. So I went SEC I bias, UConn, and I but I'm also like, how good? How much is their ceiling without Paige Beckers? Like, are they not, are they fine? Are they still Final Four good without Paige Beckers? That's the question. Yeah, it's tough. And it's like, I mean, sure they can get through the regular season without her, but I'll just yeah, I don't know. That that yeah, not to dive deep into teams that we're not covering, but Seattle three region. Uh, because they broke up the regions into only two instead of four, but right, um, that's Seattle three region with Virginia Tech, UConn, Ohio State, Tennessee, Iowa State. It's a pretty freaking tough region there. So. Yeah, we'll see. So I, right. I just get Virginia Tech out of default. So. All right, Ish has no imagination, but <laughs> all right, all right. Who's your um, final four? South Carolina. Okay. Uh, against Iowa. Okay. And Indiana against Ohio State. Okay, so you pick two. All right, so you just you get two. A one, two, one and a one. A one, one two, and a one, three in the women's bracket is basically like a fourteen seed making the NCAA tour, <laughs> making the elite eight on the men's side. That's that's You're basically one team it. different than me, chill. Three seed in making the final four in the women's side is. I have North Carolina big. beating Ohio State, so. Give me Deja, give me Deja Kelly, give me Deja Kelly going off. Oh my God! I love, yeah, shout out Deja Kelly. Love Deja Kelly. Two one zero, hold it down, Deja. All Let's right. <laughs> um. Yeah, I might, I might have to change my pick after. Uh huh. All right. Now you don't, don't, don't be coming to my side over here. North Carolina to the Final Four. <laughs> <laughs> Just for Deja Kelly. <laughs> uh, we are a Deja Kelly fan club over here. Okay. Um, that's all we got for y'all today. Um, I think I'm gonna break this up on the YouTube side put it as separate um men's and women's stuff uh but yeah wherever you're watching listening uh supporting us we appreciate it follow us on twitter at matthew bruni underscore at ishmael r johnson and at dct basketball um leave a like comment um let us know what you think send us your brackets if you haven't already um let us know what you think subscribe and we will be back on friday start reacting it's gonna be it's gonna be weird doing it on friday while the games go on we're gonna have to yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Maybe Thursday. Well, we gotta see when the when the games are. We gotta figure out the schedule. Say, it might have to be like Friday night or Saturday morning or something. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. All right. Yeah. But we'll talk to y'all then.